This is Brian Lincoln, producer of Hidden Harbor Mysteries. I'm back with three more interviews with the cast. First, I'll be talking with Johnny Feisty, who plays Foster. Then I'll talk with Pat Crane, who played a variety of characters for the show. And finally, I'll talk to Norm Sherman, who played Detective Horn, a very prominent character in the second half of the show. I hope you enjoy. I'm here this time with Johnny Feisty, who played the character of Foster, the love interest in Hidden Harbor Mysteries. How are you doing, Johnny? I'm doing well. Thanks, Brian. Um, so the first question that I'm asking everyone on the cast that's doing one of these is just to ask, did you have fun playing the role? Oh, yeah, it was great. I love, uh, I love old-timey uh, radio dramas, and so it was really fun to like kind of put on that 40s affectation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really liked your your voice in this and that you were a pretty easy choice to include in the cast because I think you have a voice that lends itself to that very well. Like I could imagine you pulling it off immediately. Oh, that's how I talk at home all the time. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you done much other voice acting? Like what, what is your background with audio? I know that you've been involved in podcasting for quite a while now. Uh, yeah, I've been doing podcasting for a few years. Um, and I haven't, I've been doing sort of bits and pieces of voice acting here and there, mostly for friends projects similar yeah. to Hidden Harbor Mysteries. But uh, I mean, most of my acting background was when I was in college. I did a couple of years of like theater classes and did some like small theater plays and community theater stuff. And then like, yeah, not, not much acting for quite a while until the last several years, I guess. Took a break. I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but but uh, when you do your podcast, you like to do a lot of different voices, right? You play around a lot that way. Yeah, I started off doing a podcast where it was fairly normal. And then because I do weird voices, they ended up being written in, especially for TV Copilot, uh, the one I've been doing for, gosh, two or three years now. I forget, a little over two years, maybe. There have been literally dozens now of different characters and at least at least five or six different voices yeah <laughs> but yeah it, it's new characters all the time and it's just me so i don't i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> so that's tv co-pilot is that yeah. uh you're doing a couple podcasts now right yeah so that's the one i've been doing the longest sort of it's been on and off, but it's getting ready to wrap up the second season. And then we're, I'm sort of relaunching with a different twist uh, for a new quote unquote season. Mm -hmm. um, I'm working on a show called Catching Up With, uh, with Kim Price of Ladies of Elite and Ralph from AIE, mm -hmm. where we do, right now we're in the middle of uh, season four of Doctor Who. We're trying to like oh, run cool. through the entirety of the reboot of Doctor Who. That is, and, oh, and uh, then my my ambient self help music podcast, which is called <laughs> Sleeping, <laughs> which is a weekly. It's been on for a few months. It's a weekly, like fifteen minute, um, it uh, like ambient music program. It's hard to explain, but it's pretty. That's what it is. Yeah, and and I wanted to point that out too. Is that you're way into music as well? Yes. So this is going to appear in the feed before the episodes start dropping, but. Uh, when you listen to it and you hear me give credit to Juicy Mel and Jim at the end for the outro music, that's that's Johnny Feisty who put that together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Johnny Feisty is also Juicy Mel and Jim. All sorts <laughs> of fun names. <laughs> yeah, I really like the song I picked. It's the uh, 
the instrumental version of Here We Go Again for the first time. Oh, yeah. I, I really have fun song. with that. Yeah. Yeah. And you have an album now, too. You have a, you you do all kinds of different styles. You just play around a lot, don't you? From your SoundCloud yeah, mix. Yeah, I've played. Uh, yeah, my SoundCloud is, gosh, like 40 or 50 songs now on there. It's all different kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to, when I quit doing theater like 20 years ago, I did music for about a decade. And so that's still kind of like 50% of my time and energy is put toward uh, musical stuff. I've got one thing on iTunes right now, which is like a, it's a five song sort of electronic robot voice, uh, somewhat of a concept album called eighties volume one. I've got another two EPs getting ready to, they're in the process of being like mixed and mastered and waiting for some artwork, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have one or two more up by the end of the year. Um, on iTunes and Amazon and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, and those are all Juicy Melon Jim projects. Cool. Awesome. I look forward to hearing more from you in that way. I like a lot of the different kinds of things that you do. I think it's really unique. Yeah, for all the people who liked the last one that was Electronic Robots, the next one is going to be kind of like pop songs about being <laughs> friends with people. <laughs> and, then there, and there's a five-song um, electronic instrumental album about mm-hmm. planets that, mm-hmm. um, that's coming out. Cool. <laughs> shortly thereafter so yeah each one is different so hopefully my fans won't be too uh judgmental <laughs> i don't think so i think i think this is a great age to be doing that kind of thing because you you when you release things on the web you can try different things out and really vary you're not trying to please some sort of a label or something who just wants the same thing over and over again let you do what really motivates you to work on so it's the same thing with audio drama. Like I, I'm only going to work on projects that really are fun for, like, really get my attention, and they're going to be very different one to the next. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Well, that's why I thought this was so cool. Like this, this hidden harbor mysteries project. You know, with so many people who work on, like, I guess fall under the things that fall under the umbrella of like speculative fiction. Now, you know, a lot of yeah. like yeah. sci-fi and fantasy type stuff, and being able to do, you know, jump into like a sort of classic uh, mystery radio drama or a take on a, you know, classic. Yeah. Radio drama. Yeah. That's part of the reason I wanted to do it as well was getting on board with this was if I'm going to start doing it, it, my first full just solo produced audio drama, it would be good to start with something that has sort of roots in the history in, in the style before I try to do anything too modern and different. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I learned a lot. I'm just trying to mimic the old sound to playing around with sound effects and foley and that kind of stuff has been just a ton of fun and and it's absolutely that it's it's informed by the history and it's the kind of thing that's ingrained in like especially for people in america like kind of ingrained in your subconscious like there are so (laughs) many things that kind of tie back into that style of drama that you know even if you never listen to old shadow broadcasts or something you know like everybody knows that kind of announcery voice and the way people yeah yeah now it sounds like overacting so much, you know, <laughs> like all that stage acting for radio yeah. that people used to do. Yeah, and I've heard, and I know you do it well. And some of the podcasters that we like to listen to, like uh, Scott Johnson, does a great old time voice when oh, he jumps yeah. into it, that kind of thing. And yeah, there's definitely people in podcasting that have leaned on that that sound here and there, and it's fun. So yeah, just give, just give me a, a megaphone, and I'm all over it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, uh, glad people can find out about your stuff, especially because it's not in the audio drama realm. It's music and and podcasts that are more entertainment podcasts, comedy type stuff. Uh, And I really like people to be able to find that stuff 
after listening to our show because a lot of times you bury the uh, cool stuff that some of the cast does on like a web page un- under a link or something. And I like to have people able to hear a little bit about what people do. So yeah, thanks it's for coming crazy. on. Like looking over the, the list of people that were working on this, you know, I forgot how many people were doing it and to see all yeah. the different types of, you know, backgrounds people have is really crazy. Yeah. I try to pull people from all different angles. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's part of what makes it so much fun for me. All right, man. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks, Brian. I'm here with Pat Crane, who played a variety of characters in Hidden Harbor. How are you doing, Pat? Uh, alive and well. <laughs> That's good. Unlike my characters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you have some memorable deaths in the show. so. Well, well, thank you very much. And, and um, as we were talking about before actually recording this, it, it, it takes a lot of work. to. Yeah. You, you actually want to rehearse how you die. You know exactly why you die. And be be able to be able to convey that to the crowd somehow, and um, I, I I hope it com- came through okay. No, it was a lot of fun. I, I always appreciated the the people that I asked for sort of the ensemble, where I'm like, okay, I need like these four or five characters, and they're all completely different. And I knew you were the kind of person that could deliver on that. And it was it's always exciting getting those lines in and seeing what you get. Well, and it's it, and it's cool when I get stuff from you because it's. I know that every character is going to be different, mm-hmm. but I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to find out how I'm doing each one differently as well. Because, I mean, there's there's a big difference between, you know, like Rat on the page yeah. uh, from Hidden Harbors. And he's, you know, kind of a smart dude, kind of. Yeah. Uh, and, and you want to be able to portray that a little bit differently from, you know, the big thug or whatever it is. And and so it's it's always kind of a unique experience to get that get those creative juices going with the voice work it's it's nice yeah yeah i mean i mean obviously you know to have how to prepare for a role like that but was it also a lot of fun with this script like that's the first <laughs> question i've been asking people is if they had fun doing it uh i i always have fun with this stuff and, and especially and maybe it's just me but we were ta- talking about dying again these characters <laughs> well, many of my characters die in this thing uh and i actually have a blast with that because yeah. it really um, you know, I close the close the studio door, and I scream a yeah. lot. <laughs> it's life and death, man. It's kind of cathartic, you know. It's good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Whenever I need a character that's going to have some screaming to do, I know I can call you, count on you. So that's good. You bet, man. <laughs> I am here for you. <laughs> well, I know you have a lot of range, partly from the kind of clips you do on on your podcast. Well, yeah. well, one of your podcasts is a Warcraft podcast, and you do a lot of fun, high-end production little little segments on there. And uh, first of all, you're you're amazing at them; <laughs> they're awesome. Um, well, thank you. But secondly, I know you know you know how to tell a story. You know audio. You know how to really bring you know a character to life with different kinds of voices and and really get into it. So, yeah. I mean, it was it was really my pleasure to be able to work with you on this one. Yeah, it was cool, man. And and I've been a part of radio for a long time, uh, yeah. since I was, oh gosh, uh, I, I want to say since I was a teenager, I've really been into creating characters and, you know, I was, on, I was a theater nerd for a long time 
And then I was also a music nerd at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then I got into radio and I was a radio nerd for a long, I'm still am a radio nerd. (laughs) Uh, And, and dramatics and, and music and everything just has just kind of built up and into this wonderful uh, world that I live in where I can, I can retreat to from time to time. And, and uh, definitely with a, with a project like this, it, it uh, really kind of makes it all, all kind of come together. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Now for people that are finding this show, you know, a lot of people will just be audio drama fans who heard about it. So they won't necessarily realize the, the diversity of the cast and crew that have helped put it together. So I, I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about some other shows that you have so that they can, you know, discover something cool that they might not have even known to look for. Sure. Well, uh, some people might know me from my World of Warcraft podcast, like you were talking about. It's Mm -hmm. called Convert to Raid, and it is for uh, guys that have been in the game for a while and are playing kind of the end game of the the actual MMORPG. That's that's what it's called, massively uh, online role-playing game. Uh, So there's that one. I also have a TV show called That TV Show. (laughs) You know, it was... We were like, oh, what should we call it? Uh, and then we went for something simple. Yep. <laughs> you know, I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh, let's just call it this. Sure. Sure. That's good. Uh, and there's more stuff in the works. I, I actually um, love the podcasting community that we've been able to kind of create. Mm-hmm. And um, you are a part of that community as well uh, with the Signals Media yep. All-Star Network yep. over at SignalsMedia.com. That's kind of my baby and and I think that everybody should go over there for more great shows on gaming and entertainment and and voice stuff as well. Yeah. Uh and it's it's all really cool to see these podcasters come together and create individually but kind of come together as a community. It's it's kind of a it's kind of surreal that it's all, yeah. <laughs> it's all kind of coming together and it's it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. Well, Convert to Raid has been wildly successful. I mean, you have you have yeah. like gatherings of people that that fly out to visit you each year. I mean, it was weird. So so we <laughs> actually have a couple of different meetups that, yeah. that we've done. So we've done one at BlizzCon, which is the one for for Blizzard Media. Right. Uh, they make the game and we had a huge meetup out there. Uh, we had about a thousand people come through the door of this very small venue and <laughs> make everybody sweat bullets. It was great. Uh, but I've also had uh, some really good, some really weird things happen with a Minnesota meetup as well because I'm from Minnesota. So right. uh, every year for the last three years, I've had a meetup, and we usually get about uh, three dozen people somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. And this year we had a guy from Sweden come in. Wow. Just for the weekend. <laughs> That's awesome. It was weird. It was so strange. And we, so we talked World of Warcraft with him. I wanted. I, he came in and he said, "I came from Sweden." I'm like, "Here, have a T-shirt. You get one yeah. automatically." You're like, should I cook you dinner? Like, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> so we, you know, we just had a really good time. We had we. I was just out at PAX uh, this last weekend, and we mm-hmm. had kind of this impromptu meetup. And we still had like a dozen people come out, and and uh, it's fun meeting all these different people that that are somehow, I don't know how they're they're entertained by by the stuff that I've I've been a part of, which is yeah. really great, and yeah. and it's so nice to connect with those guys and kind of see what's going on in their worlds as well. 
And there's, you know, there, like I was talking about before, there's actually more stuff coming. I have more stuff coming cool. uh, down the line. And it, but it's all going to be on signalsmedia.com. So check out that, that place and see what's going on. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah, there's quite a range of shows over there. So you can yeah. find some podcasts you might not have even been looking for. Yep, there's music, there's gaming, there's TV, there's uh, there's entertainment, uh, there's uh, your your full full cast podcast is over there and uh, everything. So I mean, it's really it's pretty diverse, and there's more coming. I I've really enjoyed a few of the shows on there for sure that I would never would have thought to look for. So so that's pretty cool. I mean, have you gotten used to like with this these meetups and things? Have you gotten used to people seeming to know you so much? Like I feel like that. It's strange. <laughs> it's, it's strange yeah. because well, I do put a lot of myself into all the shows that I do because it's very right. personal to me. You know what I mean? And of that's course. kind of one of the things about all these podcasts is that you put a lot of yourself into them. And it's it's um, it's pretty interesting when people say, oh, hey, how's your dog doing? Because I have a puppy and it's been yeah. a big part of my life for the last you know few months. And and so somebody actually asked, so how's your puppy doing? Is, is she losing teeth now? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. How, how do you respond to that? And then you go, and what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> or, or, and what is your name? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's such a weird, like, I, I know like some of the people I listen to in early podcasts, I just felt like I knew them so well. And, and then, yeah. then at some point you're like, wait a minute, they have no idea I even exist. Like, <laughs> that's right. the thing with this very regular episodic shows. I mean, people get to know you just from the banter, the little bit of banter you have before you get into the topic that you're usually you know, focused on for the show. I mean, there's, there's just so much sharing through there and it's, it's a brave thing to do. I mean, it, it's a little strange to have people know you that well. You're a little it's, naked. It's so cool <laughs> at the same time. And so heartwarming to know that, yeah. that I can be a, a part of somebody else's life without, without actually physically being there and, and saying, uh, Steve, you know, how's it going? Yeah. Instead, yeah. I'm just kind of talking in general, but, but it's, it's nice that I'm able to kind of reach out and, and kind of affect these people's lives in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, or at least I hope it's positive. Jeez, wouldn't that suck if it was negative? <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, you also get with, I mean, people like you, I think one of, one of your strengths is you just have such a, you're, you're just a nice guy. I mean, for, for people, to oh, have, but for people to be in that, that limelight and to actually appreciate their fans, I think is, is an important part of the whole, the whole picture. It's easy to take it for granted, really, yeah. because, uh, when, when you're a podcaster, a lot of the times all you see are numbers. You see number exactly. of downloads. You see, you know, kind of where they're at in the country if you have, you know, the the breakouts like most podcasters do, I guess. Um, you can kind of see where they're from and, and what they're using uh, for a device, whether it's iTunes or whatever it is. And so you get those numbers, you get the, the stats. And it's so easy to take a look at that as the end product. But I take a look at the conversations I'm having, that's, mm -hmm. that's what's most important to me is, is having a conversation with kind of a, a greater audience, I guess, but I, from little instances, from what I know within the communities uh, that I'm a part of and, and all that kind of stuff, I really love having those conversations. So final question. Um, yeah. So you have a lot of experience with voiceover. I mean, if you yeah. go to patcrane.com, you see like demo reels and stuff. So you're pretty serious about about the voice stuff whether it's hardware or whether it's just learning how to perform like what's your chief piece of advice for anyone that gets interested in trying to do some voice acting learn how to act <laughs> really. that that is that is the biggest thing if you don't know how to act it won't matter 
how well you work a microphone. Yeah. You know, it's it, if you don't know acting, you cannot voice act. And yeah. so get whatever instruction you can. I'd like like, you know, take several different courses in your local college. I have no idea. Or go, you know, take an improv class. That's what I did. I took an improv class and it opened me up just to a bunch of different new experiences. And it, and it was really great. And I, I took it for like almost a year and just improv all the time. Was that recent or a while It was back? Uh, in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, it was really helpful to, to be able to kind of come up with something on the spot that was, that was, that seemed real. Mm -hmm. It was totally from my head. That's cool. That's <laughs> and, cool. And from other people's heads too. And, and working together, trying to get things done. I mean, it just, it was a lot of cooperation. There was a lot of, you know, having to, in improv, you have to agree with the other person. So if they say something automatically, it is true. Right. Not shut them down. They, whatever they say is absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there are, you know, rules to everything and, and you try to follow the rules and you're having, you're trying not to laugh and you're trying, <laughs> right. it's like all those different things. It's great. Uh, but also take, take classes, find a coach, uh, find an acting coach, find a voice acting coach. Uh, these are the biggest things, uh, next to hardware that you can, that you can get to. Once you get into that stuff, then the hardware stuff I think will kind of take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, take advice from others that have done it and yeah. try things out and you can start small and grow it. I mean, that's yeah, kind of what I, I've done. And the nice part is that there are a lot of options out there for voice actors. The, the biggest problem is that there's a lot of competition. So you have to be better than the next guy, whatever yeah. it is, make sure you decide what you want to be better at. Yeah. Uh, do you want to be better at turnaround? Do you want to be better at, uh, acting? Do you want to be better at how you produce things? Um, or some kind of combination of that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm guessing that there are probably other things you could be awesome at too, like voices, like just multiple character voices. Right. Right. Or like a specific niche of voice acting. Like I am really great at movie trailers because I have a voice that is perfect for movie trailers or, you know, radio imagery, uh, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and really fine tune your instrument. Uh, but if you, but if you don't start out with acting lessons, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> and and I I would also add in, don't sell yourself short based on, you know, what kind of voice or accent you have. A lot of people are really discouraged because they don't have that voiceover guy voice. But I I think, you know, when you're trying to cast something like Hidden Harbor, you want a range. You're looking for very yeah. specific things that, as an actor, you can never predict. So being able to do accents is great, but also don't sell your own voice short. Right. Um, and don't be discouraged from trying it out because you might be perfect for something you never realize might be out there. Not everybody is going to have a voice that is perfect for the next Transformers movie. Exactly. It's, it's, <laughs> you have to be you have to be yourself. You have to put yourself into everything. And and while I do a lot of voice work, I don't have that deep resonating uh, type of voice unless, of course, I use effects, which sometimes yeah. I do. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I just try to have fun with it. So if, if I'm doing like a goblin from World of Warcraft, I would kind of talk like this and I'd be, you know, animated and perfect and whatever. But, uh, but you know, it's a different type of voice. I can't do that uh, heroic, uh, low-toned yeah. growl like a lot of people, like yeah. some people can. Uh, yeah, me so. neither. <laughs> but I produce, so I don't really have to worry about it as much. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is the nice part. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks so much for coming on. People check out Sig- Signals Media for a bunch of shows. Some yeah. of them by Pat himself. There, there's a lot of fun stuff over there. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Thanks. I'm here with Norm Sherman, who played the part of Detective Horn in the show. How are you doing, Norm? Hey, doing good. So the first question I'm asking everybody doing these interviews here is, did you have fun playing the part? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a blast playing. It was a really fun part to play. And since I'm a, a nighttime vigilante detective anyway, uh, it wasn't <laughs> too much stretching uh, you know, to really do it. I could kind of just put a microphone on and just be myself, you know? Pretty cool. <laughs> Now, you have a, a big background in, in audio and storytelling. Are you into a lot of the old school radio stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Orson Welles is one of my, you know, all-time inspirational favorites. His, uh, the production of, of The War of the Worlds that just set everybody going mm-hmm. crazy <laughs> back in the <laughs> you know, 30s was just, uh, it's just awesome to me. And that's one of the things that appeals to me about The Hidden Harbor uh, is it's that era of when... when radio drama was just, you know, starting to become the, the big thing and they were really getting it down. And you've got all these people like Rod Serling and shows like Dick Tracy. And I remember um, used to listen to the, the Shadow a lot and, yeah. uh, you know, things like that before TV started killing everything you know, in the 50s and 60s. <laughs> right. Uh, but especially detectives like Sherlock Holmes and, um, and and Dr. Watson and stuff and like the new adventures of Sherlock. I was so into all of that stuff. And um, it's kind of one of the things that got me in the new media revival of, of podcasting kind of exploring the same things that they were doing back then, but with this, uh, you know, the internet landscape underneath us. Yeah, it's been interesting seeing, uh, I feel like, I don't know if it's just because I discovered it, but I feel like there's an emergence of audio drama that's happening. And I think it's because of the easeability, is that a word? The ease ease that people have to listen to shows now, having, you know, able to subscribe to, to a a podcast or download, you know, audiobooks and things and listen in your car or on your phone. I mean, it makes sense that TV killed radio drama back in the day because it's just a new interesting format that seems to add something that was missing. Although I'd still love audio drama, you know, it, it painting the picture in your head is often probably scarier or cooler or funnier than than what somebody acts on the TV, especially if you look at old film when, when you're like, wow, the acting was really bad. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a great point because in, in radio drama, they were just really finding their legs and they were starting yeah. to master the art. And then you get TV and you get all this like, kind of shitty acting and the, and the yeah. film quality is bad. But uh, it's just I, I wonder sometimes if TV hadn't been invented because we were just in the precipice of the golden age of science fiction. Yeah. And people yeah. were so, you know, that was about to just happen and blow up. And radio drama would have been all over that because, you know, America was obsessed, obviously, since we saw with the War of the Worlds with like elements of speculative fiction. And it would have been interesting to see. Uh, all that stuff take place in audio drama formats uh, yeah. from the masters rather than kind of shitty TV versions of things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched recently, uh, actually recently being yesterday, there's a, you probably can find it on Netflix or uh, Amazon prime, but it's called, it's a documentary called, I know that voice. Mm. And it's about a bunch of the real, you know, super famous voices from all kinds of cartoons and they talk about their workflow and all that stuff. And it's really interesting because a lot of the people I know who do voice acting do it through just getting interested in it and getting involved in these independent projects and volunteering their time. And it gives a lot of perspective to see, like, 
how those people are and how they they work like two hours a week for Disney. So that it's not like they're an employee there. Like it's just this weird freelance stressful thing where you're always trying to find work. <laughs> but <laughs> but at the same time, you can just see them doing their voices and, and just talking about the craft. And you realize how good they are about jumping in and creating a character by just, they'll say, I take this voice here and then they'll do it a little bit. And I'll take this voice here and I merge them together. And then like, then they start talking and you're hearing like, you know, Mo from The Simpsons. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, yeah. it just jumps out. It's such a familiar voice because you're used to hearing it. But you realize how it was built and chosen is really an incredible talent that these guys have in terms of being just really solid actors that rely on just the voice. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that today. I'm doing a voice project for uh, for John Moreau. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been trying the last couple of years. I mean, I must have done voice acting for a thousand different things at this point. Right. I'm a volunteer, and I've been, you know, uh, time's been really stretching for me and difficult to keep up with my own projects. So I've been kind of saying, trying to say no more often. Uh, yeah. But the thing about it is, as much as we complain, like as voice actors and, and editing about, you know, how hard and time consuming it is, ultimately it is really fun. And that's why I always say yes, or, uh, you know, I have a hard time saying no, at least, because. It's it's kind of like I did acting in high school and, and up through college, but the thing that appeals to me about it is um, you get that element of an audience removed and the stress that comes with that, and you can really craft, uh, do some fine honing on the on the craft of what, how your voice sounds and the intonation and specific yeah. pitch of characters without the stress of having live performance. And, and the live performance aspect is exciting and, and also cool in its own way, but with that removed, you've got kind of a different art form with just you in your room with a microphone and a story, you know, yeah. and that that appeals to me a lot. Did you have much background in that before you started the Drabblecast? No, no, no. Actually, the first... Um, that was your learning curve then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I did like theater, but then I got a MacBook and I was like, whoa, what's a podcast? Like, I was looking at the podcast features and starting to download those and had GarageBand. And I, I was, I'm a musician, so um, I knew about like some recording software and mics, but didn't know anything about internet publishing or, or markets and science fiction. I was just a fan. Uh, and so I, you know, tinkered around with it enough until I started figuring it out and, and putting it together. That's why the early Drabblecasts, <laughs> you can kind of tell I didn't know what I was doing as far as microphone quality and setup. And then all of a sudden it clicks. I think it's like episode 17 and it sounds like the modern show all of a sudden because I was yeah. like, oh, I had noise reduction on too much. Or, oh, oh that's the front of the microphone. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I had the microphone on the wrong side. Yeah. yeah, I want to point out to people listening that if you're enjoying the audio drama that you're about to listen to or others that may be brought you to this one. Maybe you're not aware, but there's some really awesome, I'd say anthology audio fiction type of podcasts out there. And one of the best by far is the Drabblecast, which Norm has been doing for, man, how many years has it been? God, uh, like eight. Yeah, it's, it's such a fun show. The stories that he chooses are incredible. I've had the privilege of guesting for a couple of them as full cast stories, but they're it's it's just an such a fun show, and the comedy bits that you do surrounding the show uh, are awesome too. <laughs> yeah, I, really I like try to make it kind of a show rather than just. It, actually, it's interesting how it ties into our previous discussion uh, about the '40s and '50s, and you've got mm -hmm. that pulp era when 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 uh, kind of pulp magazines were big and, and starting to get bigger and bigger, and um, then you know that all died out. But you've, uh, there's also kind of a resurgence with the e-zine, kind of looking into that and bringing. Not pulp necessarily, but bringing short fiction uh, and speculative fiction in short form kind of back to the mainstream uh, through anthology magazines and things like that on the internet. Yeah. yeah. So it's exciting to do that. But yeah, we, we do uh, weird fiction as well. Because I was trying to figure out how to brand it back in the day. And uh, you've got a skate pod that does 
science fiction and you've got numerous horror podcasts and I couldn't really pick because I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not such a big stickler on genre. I just like mm-hmm. good stories. Right. So I figured weird is a good word, you know, strange fiction for strange listeners, things that are like interesting or will kind of shock you or make you laugh, just something that's not normal, you know? So <laughs> that's kind of what we went with. And I think it, it works because it really opens the doors for us a lot by not having that specific kind of anchor to a, a type of genre. Yeah, I think one of the main strengths of the show is that the stories are going to be a little bit out there and just just different. I mean, but in a way that they're still incredibly well written. I mean, you have you must have an incredible slush pile because you always end up with just great stories there. Well, you know, I, I would say it's at least seventy percent, thirty percent, seventy percent solicitations. I wish that mm-hmm. our slush pile that I could say it to you, like, <laughs> you know, you know, you're right. There are so many talented people sending to us, but there we get, we get a, our slush pile is big. Yes. It's a huge mound of steaming slush. Uh, but you know, we're, we're trying, we would love for that to be more accepted, but we have a very high standard these days. And, uh, most of the things that, that are really knockout stories come from ones that I find or an author that we commission specifically because uh, like uh-huh. style or something. So there's, there'll be original stories, but um, some of them are reprints too, but they don't always originate from the slush pile. Sometimes they do. You get these gems in there and that's why we do all that work yeah. because you can get something from the slush. But, um, you know, there's a lot of competition for, for new stories. And the thing about audio, obviously, you know, is um, you can sell your story to a print magazine or someplace else first and get you know, a big fat chunk for the original publishing of, of and then you can sell the reprint to audio like us and so that's what a lot of people do well they'll, they'll send the reprints to us for a lowered rate so do you have a recommendation for somebody who's just hearing about your show for the first time should they just start with the newest one is there an episode that you think is just one of your favorites that's a great starting point or should they go to the beginning <laughs> yeah well i got a couple of answers so you go to drabblecast.org there's a thing on the top of the right that says new to the drabblecast and you, you uh-huh. want to click that and it's got 10 episodes that were fan voted uh, an editor picked uh-huh, as uh-huh. like the 10 most kind of friendly. A lot of um, we do kind of some serialized things sometimes with with the host spots. And if you kind of come in the middle and pick a random episode, you might be a little bit lost if you didn't hear the one before or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are ones that kind of stand on their own. And they're very strong stories that that the majority of people have found they, they really enjoyed. And it's a good way to get yourself hooked. But another cool thing we started recently was um, a pod, a separate podcast that you can subscribe to from Drabblecast.org called Drabble Classics. And that um, is bi-weekly there's one every two weeks that comes out that's got mm-hmm. um a, a new editor charity helton who picks a story or does contests in our forums of the older episodes that were f- favorites because i think we've got almost 380 episodes now um, and some of mm-hmm. them have multiple stories on them so uh it's yeah, kind of yeah. a way for people that are just now getting into it to hear some of the backlog uh, of stuff that are, you know the repeats and stuff like that that are favorites of people so those two, those are two avenues i think you can jump in yeah, I mean, and that also speaks very highly to your consistency. I mean, that many episodes, and I mean, that's a lot, lot of work. God, <laughs> very. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna look back at my life when I'm an old man and realize that like 80 percent of it, at least, was sitting in front of my computer screen alone in a room <laughs> with the microphone, and I'm just gonna be like, oh god. Yeah, but that speaks to the quality too. I mean, just there are certain shows that I just know that if I go listen to and subscribe to, it's just, I just feel like there's an elite group of shows and i think drabblecast is one of them it's just so it's just great every time oh well, thanks so, it's cool to hear it's it's not just me it's a great team of uh yeah of absolutely people in there that all contribute and that all started from the community that i'm really happy to have working with me yeah that's why it, it, and some of the artists that like <laughs> volunteer their time just blow me away i'm like oh, oh right awesome. 
Yeah, how do you do the art part? I mean, is it is it a group? How many people have done art for the show? Do you know? We got a ton. Uh, we have uh, Bo Kyer is one of the fans that stepped up and he became our art director. Mm-hmm. And he uh, networks with a bunch of artists. We we had um, a couple casting calls, or I guess not casting, but calls for art. And uh, people sent in submissions and he would kind of pick through. And you, anybody can volunteer uh, for past episodes to do a cover piece. But I sent him stories about two months in advance and he sends them out to one of uh, the huge just uh, – legion of artists that are on the waiting list to get a story and uh they send something back and i'm almost always like holy crap it's a really (laughs) awesome visual and they're always different because it's different people you know yeah yeah and it's such it's so cool to have like an image that uh created by a fan that is of that quality that goes along with the story it just adds another element but they all seem to go together maybe it's just the way they're laid out but they yeah that's probably Bo behind the scenes doing his weird little art stuff i, I couldn't speak on that but it probably makes some sort of unity happen with filters and things yeah yeah oh that's really cool well sweet man thanks a lot for being in the show and uh thanks for talking to me today yeah i'm looking forward to hearing this thing with the full cast and uh it's going to be interesting hearing it come from the page to real life i know it's going to be awesome yeah it's fun <laughs> thank you for listening Hidden Harbor Mysteries is released under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives 4.0 license. Check out the website, and you can also look for more of my productions at lincolnaudio.com.